Welcome to episode two of season three of the Outdoor Ed Podcast. My name is Matt Mascarinas. On today's episode, I will kind of carry over from episode one of season three, where I went over spring cleaning and things I do to get uh, my, my fishing gear in particular ready to go. Some things I do during the springtime uh, line. I went over what I look for and what I what I try to do with fishing lines. So if you want to check that out, um, go back and listen to episode one. Uh, but you don't need to listen to that episode to get uh, good information out of today, as I will be talking about rods, reel selection, how to build a combo, how to build a good combo, uh, what things to look for to fit your needs because remember it's all about you right you don't you 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 gotta you gotta work and figure out what works best for you out there so i'll go over some of the things that i go through when i pick out a rod when i pick out a reel and when i match those two up and also there are great uh combos that you can go and buy off the shelf that that do um that work phenomenally. So, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go over those as well. And also what kind of line I like to put on my reels and for different, uh, applications too, we might get into that as well. So I hope you enjoy today's episode again, rods, rod, reel selection, how we can go about building a good combo for the way we like to fish and, uh, some line selection as well. Uh, glad you're joining me today. Uh, as always, if you do, like the show, please subscribe. And uh, the best thing you can do for me and the show is uh, leave me a rating and review uh, when you get done. Thank you very much. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Rods and reels, you know, the things you use to catch fish. Yeah, you don't need a rod and reel. Technically, you don't need a rod and reel to catch a fish. All you need is basically fishing line, string, hook, whatever, dental floss. I don't know. You technically don't need all these things to catch fish. But it definitely helps. And it's a lot more enjoyable if you really like to get involved in the sport of fishing or if you are already involved in the sport of fishing rods and reels as you know can become just like if you if you're going to compare it to a golf situation uh different clubs everybody wants to get the baddest and best clubs that are out there uh the the best technology they want to stay up on the uh, uh, the technology that's out there i mean the same thing with baseball bats i mean there, there's a lot of things you can go through where you want to stay ahead or up to date with what's out there, what's the latest and greatest. Fishing rods and reels are the same way, no different. What I like to do, if I don't, especially if you're in a situation where you don't know anything about fishing and you're just picking up a fishing rod for the first, rod and reel for the first time, 
it's it, it it can be a little overwhelming because when you see another person and, and this is just for the beginners real quick i'm gonna i'm gonna cover this real quick uh for because there's a lot of again like i mentioned every every episode that you'll probably hear especially this season um do we got the new it's the covid anglers the covid sports people that are out and about and and trying to learn all this stuff uh and, and trying to figure it out and maybe they don't have any any prior experience to any of this uh so this is all new to them and picking up a rod and reel for the first time, trying to understand uh, what, what, what this does, what the reel handle does, what the, the, what, what is this that I flip over? How do I cast it? You know? So if you're new to the sport and if you're new to fishing in general, you've never really casted a rod, a fishing rod, do your best to go through. And I know it's going to be difficult, even though we're getting close to where we're getting to kind of to some normalcy, and we can attend clinics and whatnot. So if you are new in that situation, try to do your best to search those out. Those would be my best suggestion to look and to show you how to cast a fishing reel, how to cast a rod, how to go through that stuff. So um, right now, I, I don't know how many of that stuff is out there, but you can YouTube it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, you can YouTube how to cast a fishing reel, guaranteed, and something will come up and it'll be informative and it'll give you a pretty good idea. But if you're brand new, I would suggest either getting something like a spin cast reel or a combo with a spin cast reel. And what, what, what that is, a spin cast reel is basically a closed face reel. And if you'll see the there's different there's 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 literally four or five different types of reels you can put them in. But you can really put those into maybe three categories. I mean, you got your 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 uh, spinning reel, which is basically an open faced reel. You got the bail exposed, you got the spool exposed, and then you got a spin cast reel, which, like I mentioned, it's your closed faced reel. A lot of people can will talk about them uh, and and use that that term closed faced reel because it is the spool is enclosed and you have the line that comes out through a a hole at the top of the spool essentially. Then you also have a casting reel, casting reel, which is the spool is is open and it uh, and it's fed through a free spinning spool. So with a spinning reel, um, you, t- you you that that spool isn't free spinning. Same thing with a casting reel. Uh, you have to uh, there there's um it's there's they're easier to maintain and to hold on to. But that free spinning spool gives you an option to cast heavier baits easily, be more accurate, and uh, even use use thicker heavier diameter line in some cases but as 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 i'll get to down the road there's you can do that with spinning reels as well but if you are brand new to the sport i suggest looking at that spin cast close face reel option first it's just to get get you the hang of of casting in general um that's it's a push button reel you push the button it engages or or disengages the spool however you want to do it the line will drop down you you reel you reel the the um the handle over that engages it. Boom. There you go. So that's as basic as I'm going to get today, because I understand there could be some new people when I say spin cast. So that's a push button, reel, spin casting reel. And I definitely advise if you're brand new or even kids in general to get those, get, get a reel like that in, in their hands or your hands and really go out and practice and figure out how to cast that reel, how to use that reel, uh, just how to use the, the basic fundamentals and mechanics of casting in general can really help you and go a long way when you graduate or you figure out using a spinning reel. But if you want to forego all that, which is totally fine, you can grab, pick up a spinning reel, which is an open face reel and be just fine and, and, and be okay with that. 
It's not terribly difficult to cast. So basically, all you do is hold the line, open up the bale, and then you you let the line go in that sense. That's, again, the best way to do this is YouTube it. Podcast form of explaining how to cast a reel is going to be very difficult. So I just wanted to get that out of the way first in case there are beginners on here. Well, I don't even know how to cast a reel. And I understand that. I get it. YouTube it and then maybe come back on and jump on here. So first five minutes, I hope those of you that know how to cast a reel and uh, know how to cast a fishing rod, know how to cast a reel, whether it's open phase, closed phase or casting is still with me. So you can get to how I go about picking my fishing reel. Now, if I'm going with, if I'm going to build a combo, let's just say I'm going to build a combo, which is a rod and a reel. I'm looking at, in in general, if I'm going to build an all-around combo, if I'm a if I'm just going to be focusing on trout, bass, I'm sorry, trout, walleye, and and the occasional largemouth, smallmouth bass. Again, I'm from Colorado, so our largemouth and smallmouth bass here, you can get away with targeting these fish with uh, a light to medium light gear. It's it's uh, we we I'm not going to say we don't grow big fish here. There are certain cases where you can grow big fish, but but it's not like you you need to up the gear to really have a chance at landing one of these fish in case you come across them. There's not a huge population unless you're targeting these fish, but you can definitely get by if you're trying to build an all-around combo, which is going to check all the boxes. And like I said, I'm using myself as an example here in Colorado. If I'm building an all-around reel or an all-around combo, rod and reel combo, um, I'm going to look at something along the size of a reel in the 20 to 25 range. And, and when I say these numbers, okay, there's the size of the reel. So I'm going to use in 10. So there's size 10 and I, I don't, there's, there might be some size five, but then you're looking at ice fishing category. There are really, really super ultra light categories there that you can run into, but typically it's 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 40, and then uh, on, so on and so on. I mean, I, in, in the spinning reel case, you're looking at the, at like a 60 series as being a big, big giant saltwater series kind of, kind of reel, maybe open water scenarios for sure. There are those options out there, but when you get to that size, you're really thinking of, you know, uh, if you're freshwater catfish, you know, gar, sturgeon, um, things like that. Uh, and then if you're looking at salt water, it, that, that like is where you start at like a 60 or a 40, but we're just going to talk fresh water today. Um, and remember if you do buy reels that you kind of want to have, say you want to have an all around reel and you're, even if you want to fish salt water, make sure you buy uh, a reel that is salt water compatible, that is ready, ready to go for salt water. Cause remember that salt water, when they go through those, those, those gears, or you get salt water, anything in any salt in situations, some of those gears, if they aren't salt water ready, you're going to have problems with that reel seizing up or having issues. So remember that too, if you're trying to build an all around rod and reel combo, but that involves you doing some saltwater fishing, make sure you have that, um, that kind of reel that is capable of saltwater or saltwater compatible. Like off the top of my head, I know uh, some Sabalos reels from uh, Wright McGill. Those are saltwater ready. Um, I think like a Stella, I want to say a Stella is a saltwater ready reel from Shimano. Those are the ones that are top off the top of my head. And I think even Stratic might, it might even be if you can get some of those, but they're going to be in those higher end um, uh, price range if you want to get a, a, a reel like that. So 
keep that in mind. And, and you can see these numbers are going to differ. I, I use 10s, for example, 10, 15, 20. Those are the size of the rails, 10 being smallest, 15, 20, 40 being those big spools. Now, when you're looking at spool size, obviously, the bigger the spool, the more line you can put on. The lo- the, and, and then when you get a bigger spool, you can make for longer casts. You could put thicker line diameter on those reels. So think about that as well. And if you're don't don't necessarily think that you have to have a giant big reel, giant 60 size, 50, 40 size reel. And again, some of these numbers can be like 4,000 uh, or 10,000, uh, 1,000, you know, that like they, they, they can be, they can differ 2,500s, uh, they can differ. But I, the, the first two numbers are typically the same. If you're looking at size of reels, just, just so there's no confusion, those first two numbers are typically the same, but when you're building a spool or, or you're, you're building a combo again, I'm looking at an all around combo right now. I want to stay within that 20 to 25 range. Uh, you know, it's, it's, that's that, that medium, medium to, to, um, large medium on the 25 range, I think is, is a good size of a reel. You can get, you can get a good amount of line on there, whether you're a super line braided line or floral or braid, or I'm sorry, mono, you can get a good, good amount of line on those spools. And, and typically you can get a little bit heavier line too, as well. Um, again, like I mentioned, it's not all about the size of the reel, the size of the fish you're targeting, but line can play some play, play some factors into that as well as too. So think about that. Um, with this combo, the type of line I'm going to put on there on this reel, this 20, 25 size reel, and this is me personally is, is some kind of a super line. You know, I've really been using, uh, suffix suffix braids been good. Um, fire lines, always good, like an eight to 10 pound test, because when you use these super lines, these, these, these lines like that in, in, in braid situation too, I'm just talking about like the super line situation, nano fills, another one. I know there's sniper, there's, there's a lot of, uh, other, uh, uh, braids or super lines that are out there, but I'm, I, what I, what I use is fire line. I use fire line a lot, pretty much all of my, um, spinning reels in particular have fire line. I, 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 I did switch to uh, Power Pro last year, so I have a couple reels that have Power Pro on those in braided line, and that's when I'm looking at that 10-pound to 8-pound situation. I like to go between there because that line diameter is smaller, and I can get more line on there as well. And again, when you're filling your line, your spools up with line, and I know I've been there, and I've I've... I've been the budget guy and I still am the budget guy. I mean, I still am the freaking budget guy. So I'm not going to say I've been there. I still am that guy. I understand trying to get the most out of your line. So not filling your spool up all the way so you can get more on another spool. I understand it. I get it. But I'm telling you right now, you are hurting yourself from experience. You're hurting yourself if you are not filling up those spools and fishing with spools. And don't forget if you are using braided line or super line to use a mono backing, you're going to have to figure that out as well on how much mono backing you, you use. What I like to do when I'm using backing to, for mono backing to my braided or super line, I like to match that line diameter. So if I have a 10 pound, eight pound diameter on that, on that braided line and that super line, I want to match that with, with the, the mono, or I want to go one below it depends on what how how big or how how wide that diameter line is now think about 
if you're using a 10 pound super line, that diameter line might be in between six and eight pound test, maybe even kind of, I, I would say probably closer to six pound test. So I, if you're looking off of recommendations on the spool on what, uh, how much, how much line you should put on there, you're going to look at that six pound diameter. Remember, you're not looking at the 10 pound brake strength. You're looking at the six pound diameter when you're adding those super lines and braided line on there. So keep that in mind as well. And again, if you're having these put on, if you're having the line put on somewhere, and I suggest that if you're new to this that kind of deal and putting braided line on or braided line in general, I would suggest you have a tackle shop or a store, a sportsman's warehouse, a Shields, Bass Pro, Cabela's, whatever it is. I would suggest that you do it, have them do it for you. And ask if any of you, if they can show you, give you a rundown on how to attach the line. And again, I've said this before, and I'll say it again real quick. I said it back in episode one about spring cleaning. Learn your knots so you don't have, so you can avoid this. But again, if you're in that situation that I'm talking about now today, uh, just ask them. Maybe they can show you if you need some reminding, or maybe you just need to see it or see how they do it. So there's a, there's always that the positives about that. But I would suggest doing that if you're if you're new to putting braided line on and putting backing on. I would ask their advice. What do you think? How much I want to put on? You might get a good answer. You might not because you might get, you know, Susan that's from from uh, um, from apparel. You might they might got her back there filling up lines, so you could run into that situation as well. Uh, but most of the time, you're going to get somebody that knows line and they put line on before, and they can give you some advice on how much backing. And don't forget just to mention that to them, okay? Because sometimes these guys forget. Just kind of mention to them, say, hey, you know, don't forget. I I I'll, I'll take them because they're going to charge you for that mono that they put on there, and then they'll you'll buy the spool of braided or a braided or super line and. You'll give it to them and you can tell them, say, I want half of this, half that. You can tell them what you want. Cause I, I can, I perfected it to where I can get a 300 yard spool of fire line in between two spools. And I've, I've perfected it where I get, I can get it full. And that's, that's me. And like I said, if you do this a lot, you can figure out what works best for you and what your situation is. So don't forget to do that too, as well, when you're putting that line on there. So I got my 20, I got my 2,500, my 25 series reel with my 10 pound fire line braid on it. And it's got the backing on it as well. I figured that out. So that's what I got now. So what am I going to put again? I'm building my all around fishing rod, right? My all around fishing combo for the state of Colorado, which I'm going to be targeting walleye, trout, and the occasional bass, smallmouth or largemouth. Now, that's that's kind of what I'm going to be using when it comes to real size. Now, we'll get into leaders a little bit later, but I will have a leader attached to that most of the time. But that's going to be my main line with that mono backing. Now, I'm going to look for a rod. Now, for me, I'm looking at if I'm going to be casting all day, and what I'm going to be doing mostly is casting and retrieving, and that's my style of fishing, then I'm kind of going to lean towards a seven-foot rod. And when it comes to action, I'm looking at a medium to medium fast kind of situation. But I want to stay in that medium action, uh, uh, that want in that medium action range. I don't want a medium heavy. Don't want a medium light. I mean, I'm saying you could get a. I would rather if I was going to pick a medium heavy or a medium light, I would kind of go medium light. But then if you go medium light, you might have to mess with that line. Because you might have a no stretch line on a, on a line where or on a rod 
that is going to give you a lot of stretch. Do you know what I mean? Where, where stretch would be beneficial to you. Because if you're using a medium light rod, and, and real quick, real quick, let me back up there. So when it comes to the rods, because I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself before I'm even explaining the actions of the rods. When you're looking at a rod, a lot of people, they, gener- they, they gravitate towards the length of the rod. Typically, you're going to, on average, you're going to see it between, out there on any given day in anybody's hands, you're going to see between, on average, a 6'6 to 7-foot rod. You'll see some 6-footers, but mostly you'll see that 6'6 to 7-foot range, and that's what you're going to see. Now, rods can range up and down from 5-foot to all the way to 8'6", 9-foot. Some of these inshore rods can get up in that 9.5-foot range, but typically, that's where you're going to be in between that five and nine foot range on these rods. Some will get bigger, some some will get longer, and and some will some will get. I mean, I've never really seen anything shorter than a five footer in that's not custom job. But if you can go and grab a combo off the shelf, you can get them between five feet and nine foot. They might be in in in, in different pieces. Like that nine foot rod might be in three pieces, two pieces. Uh, the lot, a lot of the longer rods are two piece rods. If you go and grab them off the shelf, uh, I'm not saying you can't find one piece rods. There's a lot of selection of one piece rods out there, but if you're going to find a situ- or if you're going to say a Walmart or a, or a sports authority, or I don't even know if they have sports authorities anymore. I haven't even freaking seen one. Um, I almost said Gart brothers and I'm like, Hey, what are we doing? We're going back in time. We're going to go sports story, Gart brothers. And might even, uh, what was that? What was before Gart brothers? Um, Oh, geez, I'm, I'm dating myself big time here. Um, but anyway, no, whatever, if, Dick's Sporting Goods, I don't even know if they carry fishing stuff anymore. But if you're going to one of those places, you're going to see a lot of two-piece rods, especially if they're bigger. You know, like a Bass Pro, a Sportsman's, a Shields, uh, a Fleet Farm, Mills Fleet Farm, whatever kind of situation, Jack Sporting Goods, uh, Cabela's, those kind of places are, you're going to have a lot of variety there. You're going to have one piece rods, two piece rods, long, short, you can find the variety there. And you'll see what I mean when you walk down the rod aisle and there's lengths and lengths and different, all that stuff. You're going to see what I mean. So if I'm building a combo, like I said, for the everyday all around fishing that I'm going to do here in Colorado, trout, walleye, occasional bass, I'm going to look for that 6'6", between that 6'6", and 7-foot range. Like I said, if I'm casting a lot of baits and casting and retrieving, I'm going to go kind of towards that 7-foot medium action. If I'm a jigger, if I'm somebody that likes to cast out jigs, if I like to cast out, um, you you know, uh, uh, jigging wraps, um, blade baits, I mean, you can do the same thing with with a, with a seven foot rod as well too. But if you're there's there's definitely that that's if you do one or the other, you're going to want to gravitate towards a certain rod. That's what I felt in my experience, and they might be even be different for you. You might like what the seven foot does for your jigging and action rod action type of style instead of just straight retrieving. You might think the six six is better for straight retrieving type of baits. It doesn't matter. It's it's all that matters is what works for you, and that's for you to figure out. I'm going to give you as much info as I can that I've learned. It's helped me uh, dial in my perfect rig, but it all comes down to what you prefer. So I'm going to go lean towards that seven-foot length. And when I, when I select that length, seven-foot, then I'm going to look for the action. Now, 
you can find action anywhere from just along with the lengths, five foot to nine foot. You can find these actions spread out along along each rod. Typically, the longer rods you get, they might they might gravitate towards that medium heavy to heavy action scenario. And the shorter the rods you get, they might gravitate towards that light to medium light to light scenario scenario. And all that means is you can probably imagine imagine it. Light action is going to mean that that rod is going to have a real light bend to it. Really, really, really parabolic, really almost like you can bend it back to the to the butt. And as you go to uh, medium light, it's it's a little there's a little bit more give to it, uh, a little bit more more strength, maybe depends on down where that where that uh, guide where it starts to bend on, on where that particular guide may be. And but it's you're still going to have a little bit of a lighter action rod. You get into the medium category. The medium, if you can imagine, is going to be right down the middle. It's not too light, but you still give a you have still have a little give. It's not too heavy to where it's real stiff, but you but you have enough to work and move a bait or even move a fish if you need to do that. And you'll experience that more when you get better at catching fish or you catch more fish, especially if you get better at catching big fish. You'll understand that as well when maybe I need to get a medium heavy. Maybe I need to upgrade a little bit more. Now, when it comes to the fast, extra fast, ultra fast type of scenarios, um, that is going to be where that rod starts to bend. If you have a fast rod, fast tipped rod, then that be- that rod is going to be almost all tip. And that, that comes to where, where a braided line situation, super line situation comboed with a faster rod is going to help you uh, set the hook a little bit faster. Maybe a jig scenario. Um, you know, a lot of people like to use those, those, that kind of, uh, one, two punch in a jig scenario so they can get that, that hook set fast. There's not a lot of stretch. There's not a lot of give. It's really, you're really putting that rod and putting that line to work and getting a good hook set or, you know, like me, which I can tend to gravitate towards, towards, uh, in certain scenarios is where I like a little bit more of a stretch. So I like to stay in that medium rod action range to where I can work the fish more a little bit, use my drag scenario and things like that. So when it comes to the actions, again, you're going to have fast, medium, and um, extra fast and, and things like that. So that all that is in most of the time. Now, if you get up into the custom rod scenario, and, and I, I'm even like, don't want to talk about this because I, I think that custom rod scenario is for somebody that's really looking for a specific type of way the rod works and you have to really really have your other things dialed in before you even get to that scenario in my opinion but that's where you're looking at at different types of situations where things where rods you know you're adding a ultra fast tip with the slow taper some some weird crap like that but that happens when you get closer to the custom rod realm and uh right now if you're just kind of trying to figure out and put a combo together, I wouldn't worry about that at all. I would just stick with the medium, medium lights, um, medium fast, things like that, those type of scenarios. Now, when you're dealing with a medium heavy to a heavy action rod in those scenarios, and yes, this is where I'm going to tell you, yeah, this is where you match the fish with the power of the rod. If you're targeting catfish, if you're targeting carp, hell, if you're even just targeting pike, that's kind of where you're going in that medium heavy to heavy action rod. 
Uh, now, don't forget, you know, when you're going up into that scenario, remembering what your line combo is is also huge. That's where I kind of, if you're a beginner, uh, catfish, carp, um, we'll, we'll just go with that catfish and carp right now because that's what the biggest, biggest species here in Colorado in this region are going to be. Uh, yeah, I mentioned pike, but pike also involves, uh, you know, where uh, um, maybe you need a, I mean, a leader, still leader, uh, wire leader, some stuff like that. That's where kind of pike realm goes into. So we're just going to focus on catfish and pike cat or catfish and carp catfish in particular, because I see a lot of catfish people that have super, super stiff rods out there when you definitely, de- definitely don't need those. Will they work for sure, for sure. But you definitely don't need those rods. But that's when you kind of start to think of if I'm going just to be targeted, because I, I know I got these buddies, they just target catfish. So I'm not going to suggest what I suggested for that all around trout um, and walleye combo. Uh, this is where I'm going to go with, you know, more of a medium heavy, um, six, six, you can get away with. I have six, six catfish, catfish rods that are medium heavy action spinning rods, uh, seven footers, seven and a half footers. But that's kind of where I start at seven foot and eight foot with my catfish rods, medium heavy to heavy action. Typically I prefer the medium heavy action because I still like a little bit of give because I use big game mono. I use that's what I use for my main line, and that's about a twenty between twenty and twenty and thirty pound uh, big game mono from Berkeley. That's kind of what I use there, and then that's again where I get into those those uh, those bigger class reels because I want to have better drag system. And that's something that I forgot to mention uh, before too. When you're picking out a reel, um, think about the drag system, and and also if it's an easy drag system to figure out. If it's a good drag system, I mean, don't get too hung up on the bearings. I would wait a little bit later on until you get really good with the bearings or really good with the reel and understand what you want because the bearings are going to be smooth casting ability, smooth retrieval. There's a lot of things that go into that as well. And I I, I always go to gravitate towards understand the basics of the reel you're going to hear this from me a bunch of times understand the basics of the reel before you start going and and upgrading to the bearings i want a 12 bearing reel i want a 10 there's only five bearing think about that learn the the the, the foundation the mechanics um or the just how the reel works for you before you start worrying about that stuff uh but i mean if you're graduated past that towards yeah i mean heck yeah get, get involved in that looking there's there's budget reels, there's budget rods, and then there's, and then and then there's no no holes barred, and just go out there and fish with nice stuff, <laughs> and you'll see and you'll understand, man, when you get into a situation where you're you moved away, and there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with using an ugly stick, for many years. There's nothing wrong with using a Shakespeare. There's nothing wrong with uh, you know using those kind of uh, an, an an eagle claw. Um, uh, what is that uh, feather light or super light there's there are the yellow rods that the eagle claw puts out they're great all those are great options to get you going to wet your whistle with fishing to help you learn to figure out things or to figure out how the rod and reel w- what works best for you but when you graduate when you get up into that when you're when you're putting a uh, a combo together that's that that reel and those rod it exceeds two hundred dollars just in itself purchase Cause you can get a great combo for under a hundred bucks. But when you start looking at building, building a combo, that's the reels, 200 bucks, the rods, 200 bucks, 
then you're looking at really dialing some things in, really dialing some things in to where now you're it's it's like that. Like I mentioned with that golf club. Oh, man, I, I got this. I got my grips right. I got my club head speed right. There's there's all kinds of little tweaks that you can dial in. That, that when you hit that great golf shot with a finely tuned club, it's the same it hits the same way when you when you make a great cast or you catch a fish and your rod and reel or, or combo is is not dialed in to just how the specs that you like. It, it's it's a great feeling. It's a great, great feeling. But like I said, I'll always say try to build that foundation. Try to dial in that foundation and and really figure out what works best for you. I, and I say this all the time. And, and and like I said, I gave you an idea of a combo that that I would use here in the Rocky Mountain region. But but say if you're like, say if you're just gonna be fishing for for panfish, bluegill, uh, blue uh, crappie, you know, uh, things like that, you might want to you know stay right in that medium light to 15, 10 series reel 20 series reel on the high end you know with that kind of setup or if you're just a stalker trout fisherman and you're and you're dunking bait yeah i'm i'm saying go with that go with that medium light action rod and and 10 to 15 20 series reel you know that's that's uh that's a great combo there and monofilament line great combo great combo but if you graduated past that if you're looking to up the up the ante, and like, like I mentioned too, like my best all around combo would be a seven foot twenty five hundred reel series reel twenty five twenty five hundred series reel. Like I mentioned, but if I'm if I'm if I'm building two combos, say if I want a a casting combo that I'm just going to use mainly casting and retrieving reels or or lures with, and then I want to have a an action rod, an action setup, an action combo. To where I'm doing a lot of jerk bait fishing, I'm doing a lot of jig, snap jig fishing, um, you know, really aggressive tactics. I'm gonna go with that six six route, maybe medium fast on that reel, rod and reel. Line might be braided line on that casting reel where I'm casting crankbaits, casting castmasters, uh, lipless crankbaits, whatever I'm, I'm casting and retrieving on. Might I might have mono on that one? That might be pure mono, which I have setups like that all the time too. So there's a lot of things to keep in mind when you're building combos, but the best thing to do is make it your combo, figure out what's best for you, make it your combo. Now, when you're picking out reels, one thing too, I want to go over budget, budget, and non-budget budget, and no budget. If you're getting, if you're in that budget scenario, which we all are, and you buy reels and this happens a lot when you get combos, when you buy rod and reel combos that are, that got the, the little, um, that have the, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? They have that plastic ta- that plastic tie on them, like you can't steal them from the store. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about combos that you come, you buy right off the shelf, and you walk out, and you're ready to fish with. If you buy those call or combos, make sure that those spools aren't plastic. If they are plastic, there's a very good chance you're not going to get a lot of life out of those reels. The first time you go to change the reel or change the line on that spool, it, it might warp and be and be wrecked. Uh, I've worked in a sportsman's warehouse. I've, I've changed a lot of line on those spools and I've, I've even tell them before I even put the, before I even put the line on and say, there's a chance that it might warp this spool and it might be big when I put this line on because it's, your spool's plastic. I'll do it, but I'm just telling you that there's a chance that you can do this. And then you go and suggest to go buy a non-plastic spool. 
And that's just what it is. And then also, too, if you buy a combo off the shelf, uh, if it has line on it, there's a very good chance that la- that line is going to be crap. It's probably an eight-pound test line on a 20-series reel, super thick, super way too thick to be on there. And it's probably been who knows how, how long that line's been on there. So it's going to come out in coils. So think about that, too. You might want to, you know, have that line switched up or, or not buy a reel a real rod rod and reel combo that has line on it. Maybe get one that doesn't have line on it. That's another thing too, that you want to think about. If you're going to the store that, that like a sporting goods store like that, there's always the option for them to put line on you. Don't for, for line, put line on for you. Don't forget that. Take advantage of that until you can get your own system on how to put line on yourself. Now, again, real quick, I, I mentioned what line I put on that combo that I have but I'm going to go through the lines that I use throughout the year. I already mentioned the super line, the fire line, and I'll use uh, 14 pound and 10 pound and eight pound are the, are the three that I use. And those are basically for the, for the line diameters. Again, a 14 pound test I use for typically lake trout and pike and largemouth bass. And then when I'm looking at the 10 pound and eight pound, that's going between trout, walleye, and mostly trout and walleye, maybe a little smallmouth bass if I'm using kind of a, you know, a jig, a curly tail grub or something like that. A uh, leader on those lines, in addition to those super lines that I'm using, um, I, I got attached, you know, anywhere between a six to eight pound uh, monofilament to fluorocarbon leader is what I like to use. When I'm up in that 14 pound range and I'm using the 14 pound fire line when I'm fishing for when I'm targeting, you know, the the uh, the what did I say? A pike, largemouth and uh, and uh, carp and catfish. I use carp and catfish for 14 pound tests. There's a I got a couple rigs that I that I'll use my they're my kind of like walking rigs. They're six, six uh, or I'm sorry. No, they're, they're not six, six. They're six, nine um, medium heavy. Fenwick rods and I got 14 pound mono on both of them with size 40 uh, Sabalos reels and that's that's my that's my really sweet setup when it comes to largemouth bass and um, lake trout when I'm casting certain things like a small swim bait or something like that for pike even uh, or even a plastic frog for pike or largemouth bass if I'm not using a bait casting reel so I like to go with uh, when I'm use the 14 pound test floor or uh, fire line I like to sit in that 10 pound, 12 pound, 15 pound. I really don't go any bigger than that uh, when it comes to leader on those fish. If I'm using, if I'm fishing targeting pike just in general, I might up that leader. Um, but then if I'm upping that leader, I'm not using that 14 pound test. I'm on my bait caster, my bait casting reel, and I have, you know, the goat rope on there, the 50 to 60 pound test braid. Now, today, I'm just covering the spinning rods situation and the reason why i'm doing that is because i universally the spinning rods are what people use mostly i'll get into bait casting rods on the next on the next episode uh where i'll just kind of go i'm, I'm really going to go into bait casting and largemouth and and and, and way things that you target bait casters with and i'm just going to spend a whole time on bait casting and casting setups on the next episode. So with that being said, I'm going to conclude today's episode. Thank you for joining me on the Outdoor Ed Podcast, Fish Camp Hunt. Um, Thank you very much. Again, if you liked the show, please consider subscribing. At least leave me a rating 
and a review. I really, really would appreciate that. And I hope to see you over on the next on the next episode where we're going to cover nothing but the baitcasters. Thank you very much. Have a good one. And get outside.